Hi everyone, Amanda here, and this is Planned, Prepped, and Productive, the podcast where I'm helping moms ditch perfection and find peace through planning. Today's episode is kitchen staples that make cooking from scratch doable. Hey everyone, just want to jump right into this topic and talk about kind of the culture that has been created in our country or in the world about cooking. So what is it about meal prep kits that is so appealing and so convenient? And also what is it about cooking that seems so daunting and unachievable? So I kind of think the answer here is the same and it's that many of us would be fine with cooking but we feel overwhelmed trying to decide what to cook and what to purchase and how to stock our kitchen. The processed food industry and the convenience food industries want us to believe that cooking is hard. And it's true that one of the biggest hurdles to cooking from scratch regularly is figuring out what to stock. Because like I said, you would likely be happy to cook if you felt like you had the things in your kitchen to cook. So I know that many people hit the drive through often just because their kitchen isn't stocked with the basics that they need to cook a simple meal. And if they had even just a few things on hand, as well as a basic knowledge of cooking, they would be able to cook a quick and basic meal. If you learn how to have a basic stock of ingredients in your fridge, your freezer, and your pantry, you can make a meal any day of the week. And in fact, I would even venture to say that if you have a well-stocked kitchen, you can make meals without even meal planning. And that's a big deal for me to say because you all know I'm obsessed with meal planning. So in all reality, I definitely believe that a meal plan is the best way to relieve stress in the kitchen, but having a well-stocked kitchen really helps to fill in the gaps so that between having a meal plan and having a well-stocked kitchen, you really will always feel confident and able to put food on the table at any time. So as wonderful as a meal plan is, maybe you didn't get a chance to get to the store the day that you plan to and you've already made all of the dishes that were on your last meal plan. Or maybe one day you run out of time for one of the more time-intensive meals on your menu, but you still have a well-stocked kitchen so you are able to be flexible and put something else on the table. I definitely don't recommend or believe in having a lot of excess. In fact, I think minimalism in the kitchen is another ideal to strive for, but having just a little extra of the right things will help you feel confident and prepared in the kitchen. And just one more little note before I really start diving into my favorite staples to keep on hand. This list that I'm sharing while useful is based on my family and our favorite dishes. So you'll likely have to do a little bit of thinking and analysis to come up with your very own staples list that will work best for you and for your family. With that, I'm gonna go ahead and dive into what my favorite staples are for my fridge, for my freezer, and for my pantry, and why I like to keep those, and why I like to keep these particular things on hand. I'm also going to include in the show notes a free printable staples list that will have all of the things that I talk about in this episode. So if you want to, you can print this out and keep it on your fridge and you can know what things to replace as you run out of them to be sure that your kitchen is always stocked and ready for whatever life throws at you. 
I'll also include some blanks if you want to add your own staples that you consider as you listen to this episode. Okay, so let's dive right in. We'll start with the pantry. Pantry staples are the easiest to stock because generally they are shelf stable. So that means you can stock up easily without being stressed about the food going bad before you can get to it. As I start to go into these ideas, just keep in mind that on the podcast, I'm going to be a little bit more general about some of these ideas simply for the sake of time and not getting too overwhelming. But if you want more specific ideas, just go ahead and download the printable that I talked about. Okay, so let's start with the list. In my pantry, I always like to have baking essentials. So this is flour, sugar, baking soda, baking powder, etc. All of those things that you would need to make any kind of baked good. Baking is really awesome because generally speaking, when you have these staples, you can bake anything out there. This is really useful for if you happen to run out of something, you can make a quick loaf of bread, you can make muffins for breakfast. There's a lot of things you can make quickly just by stocking those baking essentials. Baking essentials are also really useful for some quick meals. Like I'm always touting breakfast for dinner as a really quick meal. So having those baking essentials around will ensure that you have everything you need for waffles or pancakes or crepes or one of those quick meals that you can throw together when other things aren't working out. Another thing I like to keep stocked is canned foods, of course, but I'm actually pretty particular about which canned foods I stock. I only want to stock the ones that are going to help me make a meal quickly, not the ones that are just going to cloud up my pantry that I won't know what to do with. So the two canned foods that I like to have on hand all the time are canned beans and canned tomato products, meaning diced tomatoes, tomato sauce, and tomato paste in particular. These are just ingredients that I see being used in recipes all the time and also ingredients that I'm able to just throw into a pasta type dish without a recipe and be able to come up with something with a little bit of seasoning that tastes amazing. Another thing I like to keep stock are my acidic ingredients. If you're familiar with cooking, you'll know that there's certain elements you're trying to provide with essentially every dish. And one of those elements is an acid to just kind of cut through and bring other flavors out. So this is where I would have my my white vinegar, apple cider vinegar, my balsamic vinegars, and lemon juice and lime juice. I also just like to keep lemons and limes on hand, especially because they last a pretty long time in the fridge, and we can talk about that later as well. But these ingredients are really useful to just be able to add flavor to whatever you're making. They're also really useful to make things like salad dressings. Another thing every pantry needs are basic seasonings and spices. So what these seasonings look like will vary by family um, and you can figure out what spices you use the most and make sure you have them on hand. Another thing that I kept separate from baking essentials is yeast just because I feel like if you are more of a cookie and pastry baker you might forget this. But yeast is useful for making pizza dough, making pitas, rolls, buns, all of those things. You're going to need yeast. Oils are another essential pantry ingredient. I typically just stock one oil with a higher smoke point that I use for frying and then olive oil. And that's all I keep on hand. Chicken broth is another ingredient that is awesome to have on hand for soups and pastas. 
As far as produce goes, most produce I don't consider a staple because it doesn't really last long enough to stock up on, but I do always keep potatoes and onions stocked in my pantry because they last a long time. Bread and tortillas are obviously really great to stock, and both of those can be stored in the freezer as well, um, as there is a limit on how long you can store them in the pantry, but they will last a week or two just fine in your pantry. And lastly, you're going to want to stock your rice and other grains like oats and quinoa if you're into that, all of and pasta. All of these grains can be stored, and these are really, really important for throwing together a quick meal, uh, especially pasta because pasta cooks so quick. So whether or not I have pasta on my menu, I like to have at least one type of extra pasta to do whatever I please with. All right, now we will move on to what to stock your fridge with. So the fridge is just a little bit trickier because things that you store in the fridge typically have a shorter shelf life. So we are going to stick to items on this list that will last for a significantly long time in the fridge. Of course, you will have other items on your grocery list um, and on your menu, but the difference between those items and a staple is that a staple is something that you might buy without really having a plan for it simply because you know it's useful for your family and that you have it to kind of help you out whenever you need it. So with that, let's dive into what I like to stock my fridge with. The first thing is hearty fruits and vegetables. So like I said, generally speaking, I don't consider fruits and vegetables to be a staple, not because they shouldn't be a staple of your diet, but I tend to prefer to have a plan for these items because they are perishable and can go bad easily. So exception here is that I will stock carrots, apples, oranges, and other citrus, and even bell peppers because I know that my family uses these items a lot and most of them have a little bit longer shelf life in the fridge. Carrots, apples, oranges can easily last weeks in the fridge. Bell peppers have a little bit shorter time on them. They might only last one to two weeks, but there's something that my family uses a lot in eggs, omelets, that kind of thing. So I know that we'll get through them if we buy them, which is why I have put it on my staples list. You may have other vegetables that you know in your family you'll be able to get through whether or not you have them on your meal plan. And those are the kinds of things you can consider stocking. My fridge also always has yogurt. That's mostly a snack thing. Heavy cream or half and half is useful in a lot of recipes. Condiments, obviously. So your ketchup, mustard, mayo, anything else that you like to put on sandwiches and wraps. Eggs, milk, cheese, butter, kind of that whole category of things um, kind of falls into the baking staples. You're going to need those fridge ingredients to be able to bake a lot as well. So that's what I keep stocked in my fridge on a regular basis. Now onto the freezer. So the freezer is easily my favorite place to store staples. You can, of course, buy a lot of useful freezer aisle staples, but most of the things in my freezer are things that I'm making myself. So if you've listened for a while, these things won't be a surprise. The first thing I love to stock my freezer with is pre-cooked meats. So I'll just go into a little bit of detail on what types of meat I like to keep stocked in my freezer. And again, this isn't something that you need to do all the time. You don't need to always have all of these meats, but to have some of them, again, will allow you to, when you don't have a plan, be able to pick some things from your pantry, from your fridge, and finally the freezer 
to put together into a meal. So the pre-cooked meats that I love the most are pre-cooked ground beef or other ground meat, pre-cooked meatballs, shredded and grilled chicken, pre-cooked ham, and pre-cooked bacon. And there are others, but these are the ones that are typically in my freezer. But keep in mind that you really, any kind of meat that you love, you can prepare and freeze and then put it into other dishes as you desire. Another staple that I love in my freezer are homemade sauces. So for me, I tend to keep pesto sauce, spaghetti sauce, even salsa that I've made in the freezer. Another sauce you could freeze is like a cream of chicken or a cream of mushroom soup so that you can quickly make casseroles. Another thing that's in my freezer often is pre-cooked rice and other greens. And what I typically do is I will make a big batch of rice for a meal. And especially if I'm making like a brown rice, cooking often takes, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And it's not something that I really want to do every day. So I'll just go ahead and make a big batch and use some and freeze the rest for other days. Pre-cooked rice and grains can get a little bit dry in the freezer. There's things you can do to get around that. You can add a little bit of water when you reheat and all of those things can help. But typically when I'm using pre-cooked grains from the freezer, I'm using them in another dish. So I'm making fried rice from brown rice in my freezer or, or I'm making chicken and wild rice soup from a frozen cooked chicken and wild rice blend. This way, I'm not really noticing the degradation in quality. And these kinds of dishes are always kind of challenging to make because... Of course, you'd have to cook the rice first before you can make fried rice or before you can make the soup. So having that grain already cooked and stored in my freezer is super convenient. Next, I love to keep diced peppers and onions in my freezer. This is one of my little secrets that at the end of the week, if I do happen to have some peppers or onions that are on their last leg in the fridge or in the pantry, I just go ahead and chop them up and put them straight in the freezer. And then I ensure that they're going to get used before they go bad. Diced peppers and onions are great for breakfast type dishes, omelets, etc. And also for soups or stir fries, anything where they're going to be cooked well. They are just a little bit softer when you freeze them. So you definitely don't want to eat them in any dish that you would normally eat them fresh, but it's really, really useful to have them diced and in your freezer for other types of dishes. Another thing that I've talked about on here before that I like to stock my freezer with is freezer breakfast potatoes. And I usually will have both sweet potatoes and regular potatoes frozen. Um, I will link in the show notes to how you can prepare potatoes for freezing because they're Unfortunately, not one of those vegetables that you can just stick in the freezer. A little bit of prep work is required, but once you've done that, this is really use it's really useful to have potatoes in your freezer. You can add them to soups or to any other dishes, but it's also just useful to be able to have a quick cooking breakfast option. Uh, because breakfast is such kind of a hurdle for so many of us getting that healthy breakfast in. I like to keep some frozen veggies in my freezer. I'm a little bit particular about my frozen veggies and honestly, usually only have peas and corn in my freezer as those are the only veggies that that I love the texture of straight from the freezer. But depending on your family's taste, you may want a wider variety of frozen veggies in your freezer. 
I also love to keep frozen fruit in my freezer. Frozen fruit gets used for parfaits, smoothies, and even with my kids just as a snack sometimes. Um, I love to keep frozen bread products in the freezer. So this is things like pizza crust, non bread, biscuits, English muffins, etc. Usually things that I've made and maybe doubled to use for later meals. Having these items frozen on hand really cuts down on cooking time, especially because baking tends to be one of those time hurdles associated with cooking. So if I can cut that step out of my meal, it's going to be a lot faster. Okay, the last thing that I stock my freezer with is freezer meals. So this is things like lasagna, chili, soups, etc. Entire meals that I can make on those days that I really just cannot kitchen. Some of these freezer meals are also useful for making other things like a baked potato bar from your staple potatoes, etc. You can add your frozen chili to that. So that was kind of a mouthful, but I hope that that's given you a little bit of an idea of how you can stock your kitchen and even helped you think about how you can maybe store some of the things that you like to buy in the freezer to make them last longer and things like that. And as useful as this list is, I think a problem that a lot of people have is that maybe they actually do already have a well-stocked kitchen, but when it comes time to make dinner, you still feel overwhelmed and like you have nothing to make. And that's because this list of staples doesn't tell you exactly what to do with it. So after you have your very own list of staples to stock, the next step that's really important is to make a list of staple meals that go along with your list. So I will go ahead and share some of my favorite staple type meals to get your brain thinking, but the sky's really the limit here and depends on what types of food items you like to keep in your house and what kinds of meals you enjoy making and eating. So some of my favorite staples meals include spaghetti and meat sauce, uh, breakfast for dinner, like I said, breakfast burritos is something that we almost always have ingredients for, uh, potato nachos, which is essentially just regular nachos using potatoes instead of tortilla chips, um, grilled cheese and tomato soup, quesadillas, and a baked potato bar. There are plenty more, but this is just kind of a quick list that I put together. So you can make a list like this yourself and making a list like this and keeping it on your fridge can really save you a bunch of takeout trips because you're able to quickly look and see and realize, oh, there are options. I do have things I can make with what we have on hand. Moving on, a reminder, if you want my list to help you out, head to the show notes and get your own downloadable copy. But the very most useful thing for you to do will be to make your own staples list. And again, to list out the things you can make with your staples. After you've done this, you will be surprised at how much easier it is to just get in the kitchen and get something on the table. Meal planning is still so important, but if you can pair meal planning with a well-stocked kitchen, you really ensure that you're always prepared to make something. And even if you don't love to cook, cooking will become easier and more manageable. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in today. Next week, we're going to be talking mindset and how you can make your kitchen a more positive and inviting place for you to be. Sometimes our thoughts about cooking and preparing meals really make the whole experience so much worse than it needs to be. And some simple mindset shifts can make a world of difference. 
So if you struggle with negativity at mealtime, next week's episode will definitely be for you. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. And until next week, happy planning. Happy planning.